G'day, punters. Welcome to The Deep Dive. Pete Anthony alongside Shane Curlio, Jackson Oldham, Rob Scurry. The show brought to you by Punning Form, the sectional database that has its own adjusted figures, ability to take notes, record them into your own database and create speed maps along the way to becoming a better punter. Massive show using their data because there was plenty going on, some staggering figures once again in Sydney with the shorts, primary amongst them, but uh, it wasn't the only race, that's for sure. One of the more bizarre days I think any of us have seen at Caulfield with the track just completely falling apart with a deluge of rain. Uh, we'll get into both of those meetings. But for me, the most staggering performance of the weekend was the shorts and Nature Strip returning off a break, coming back from England, and he has actually travelled as slowly as he ever has in a race to the 600 and managed to run over the top. I don't know where he's at. Rob, you found him out of the yard. You were very bullish on him. Yeah, he's well, he's the third best horse in the world and he's the world's best sprinter. It's a bit like the other week we had, we got a stupid price about Eduardo. We got a stupid price about Nature Strip here. I saw him uh, trial between races. Uh, Mark Sheen also alluded to it on the, on the, uh, the victim show. Uh, he looked good that day and he looked really good here. Um, Travelled on a cotton thread. What a, what, what a smooth moving boost. He moved incredibly smooth, but I'm trying to get a line here based on his historical data as to whether or not he's actually come back well. And it's incredibly difficult to do so because they've travelled so slowly to the 600. So effectively, he's travelled 6.3 lengths below benchmark to the 600. That's the slowest he's gone in his career, and he's had 39 starts. The, the previous time he went this slow was in his second start at Mooney Valley over a thousand, where he went 3.7 lengths slow to the 600. And then you're just checking the sectional splits, and they're entitled to be big. Um, certainly in terms of his PB figures, you go through, and he travels six to eight lengths faster than this, and pulls off similar or greater final sectional splits. So I'm not actually convinced he's returned that well off his break. But he just did enough. And the horses, his main rivals, Eduardo, his best ability is when he's going out at an incredibly fast tempo. And he hasn't done that here. So I really don't know what to make of this race. It's just a complete head fuck look going forward. Oh, it's not. Uh, it's not. Just view it as a barrier trap on Nature Strip. He hasn't exerted exerted himself and yeah. he'll he'll improve off the run. Okay, but, that's fair enough. What do we make of his week second up record, though, since he's been with Uncle Chris? Just an anomaly. Um, <laughs> the horse is self-aware. The horse is the best sprinter in the world. He is unbeatable. Uh, unless he gets a heavy 10, then maybe Eduardo comes back into it, who's got still got good improvement. He still wasn't the bullish, you know, boxer that he was, you know, when, he, when he's really going well. Remember one day I described him as explosive yep. in the yard? Um, yeah, so he's still got improvement to come. Um, overpasses is, is is going very very well. Okay, well mm. I'm assuming we don't see Nature Strip again until the Everest now. Sounds about right. You know. Yeah. All right. Uh, what did he do last prep? What did he do last prep? The shorts into the Everest. Yeah. 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 But he Eduardo had beat him. Court. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't in a terrible ride, Eduardo. It wasn't a terrible race, really. Um, what what struck me was. Um, uh, and this is complete genius by Cody Morgan, by the way. Anathol, completely out of its grade as a Kosciuszko slash country championships trial, um, ran the fastest 
last 200 and the last 100 of the meeting, of the day, of the race. I'm sorry. I didn't check the meeting. Yeah. No, of the race. The fastest last 400, 200, 100 of the day, second fastest last 600. But he also went 19 lengths slow to the 600 yeah. based on the class but the, figure. But, but this is what's wrong with racing in New South Wales with these slot-type races, Peter, is that these horses are on trial to get into a race. And what a genius way of showing up, sitting last and running on, running on really well visually behind the big boys here. It's complete yeah. genius. I mean, but we just, yeah, we, we do really learn nothing about a lot of these horses because the Everest, you have to assume they're going breakneck speed up front because it's going to be a capacity field and something will be drawn out wide. Mind you, I thought that here, overpass drawn wide, yeah, Rachel King on board, it would just try and lead and it didn't. She just took a sit and, look, that's two for two, Brenton Avdala riding Eduardo and going way too slow on the horse, bring back Nash. Um, it's not going to look anything like it the next time all these horses meet. Mm. I think the big the big thing here is for these um, for these slot holders is like nature strips are complete moral. If you haven't got a horse in the race, who do you select? Now, my mail, we've got some mail. I've done I've done a bit of work for the show this morning, Peter. Okay. <laughs> which is very unlike me. But I have good mail that overpass will be announced this morning or today. Yep. Uh, I've also got very strong mail that Robert Heathcote has elected not to go to the Everest with Roth Fire and stay in Victoria for the sprint bonus. Interesting. So, um, as you said, they're, they're all running scared of Nature Strip. It's just going to become a self-fulfilling prophecy, as a lot of these this, races in Sydney seem to be doing. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, when, when Chris is setting the program, <laughs> um, this race is dead, the Everest. It's dead. So what does it Nature's, mean for other slot races so, then? Because it's not the only one. Well, first, I have, there's, two, there's two questions I have. Is who do you pick now, knowing that Nature Strip's immoral and you're trying to run second or third? And then the future of slot races because okay. we've just so, we've got two new slot races that have made the Australian racing calendar. One no one's heard of, and one in WA. Who do we have left to pick? Because I'm extremely lucky. Still hasn't got a slot, has he? Who hasn't got one? Sorry, extremely lucky. Hasn't got a slot. Yeah. No. But I'd be interested in Rob's opinion of what he's seen from the yard out of those ones. Like, was there any improvement? Is there any up-and-comer? Is there any early three-year-old that you could take the risk with? No three-year-olds. Absolutely not. Um, Mask Crusader, just about won it last year. Looks like it. Looks like it belongs. That's about it. Okay. That's about it. What? Joko, how did that? Shelby 66. <laughs> 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 on a wet that, track, uh, not wet track. La Nina, boys. La Nina's coming. It um, is. It is. Is that horse in Unibs that won down the straight on the heavy track? A, a, a horse? Did you see it yesterday or you couldn't see from the hail? Or? No, it's it's an actual horse, like an actual proper race horse. Only been seen down the straight. I I didn't even realise I was running there at Flemington, and then I knew it from obviously running around in Hong Kong. I thought this thing's yeah. a complete and utter certainty. Like, what, what is it even doing approaching even money? Like, it's best Hong Kong form down the the Shatian straight would well and truly lap most Australian sprinters. Well, it was resuming off four hundred and fifty days, and it looked yeah. like rock hard, ready to go. So, <laughs> into an ever a second up, I've I've seen stranger things. Mm. I, th I think I'm not actually sure about that. 
Any chance for a head wobble here for me with the uh, horses back from Hong Kong off long breaks? Uh, yes, but remind me of the horse. <laughs> uh, classy JB at Newcastle and yeah. the Hurricane. Well, exactly right. You got to experience everything that Newcastle had to offer. What, what is it like, Rob? I haven't actually been there, but um, you've got Chris Nation now doing the, the track curating there. And I don't know, it seems to be far more competitive racing overall than what you get in the in the city. Yeah, and the tracks the tracks better than both Randwick and Race Hill. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, and, got... yeah, and thank God Rob was there too because remember we, on the show last week how I said I'd have to change my plans knowing that Rob's there yep. because I normally <laughs> listen to Gary Harley. <laughs> and Gary was saying during the coverage how you've got to be on the fence to win at Newcastle nowadays. You can't win anywhere else. And then they showed the head on after about race two and the leader was about four off the fence and they're all getting off the fence all day. Meanwhile, Scurry's there just blasting units on winners left, right, and centre, and we're filling up. You're going to have to Look, go to Newcastle every day, Rob. Thanks for that. Yeah, mate, I, I, I do love to get there. You know, I, I pine for it if I can't get to Newcastle. Um, anyway, the club's turned it around. It used to be a nasty kind of, you know, drunkards, you know, the worst of Newcastle, but it was actually borderline, you know, society there. It was a great buzz. Um, <laughs> there's, there's something about the security guards they've hired. They just seem to be courteous. They're not there looking for trouble, antagonistic towards people. And um, I, I really enjoyed it. I got to, got to hang out with the old boy who, who taught me a thing or two. And he has to take a bit of credit for Classy JB because I missed him for the first couple of races. Like we were, there's a new layout there. He goes, I like to watch the horses here. And I'm like, well, I still like to watch them here. So we, we missed the first two. And then I called him for, for the Classy JB. I said, where are you? He goes, I'm down to tie-up stalls. And I got down and I, I saw him there. And he's just like, oh, I, 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 I visit the type stalls every, you know, for five, 10 minutes every race. And there's usually one good bet that comes out of it every day. They don't always win, but there's usually one good bet. And he's looking at um, Jeremy Sylvester and, and he's right next to this classy JB. And he's, you know, he's, he's, he's literally nuzzling it. Uh, Dad says he's like, he's checked the gear like six times. And anyway, um, he, he had no idea, you know, I was off 500 days and the horse presented, you know, really bright and well, and it was very easy to, to have 15 out to 26s. And there's a mailbag subscriber next to me as we were cheering. It was, it was, it was, it was making memories with the old boy. Sensational. Well, look, Rob, we're not going to blow smoke up your ass. No, we'll do it again. You just completely whoa, 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 dominated. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Speaking of blowing smoke, <laughs> up asses. <laughs> Jackson has strayed. <laughs> Jackson has strayed outside of the Dutch rudder bubble Ooh. that we are, mm. and he's cheated on us a little bit <laughs> because Scurry nailed it. Like they should have built a statue of Scurry at Newcastle after his performance Friday. Yet Jackson Oldham has taken to Twitter to demand a statue of Ben Scurry be erected at Flemington. Because of his performance yesterday on the tip, I feel like Jackson's cheated on us a little bit there. So, what was the background of this? What, what did the Scari do that made him statue worthy? Because I mean, Mukabe Diva did win three consecutive Melbourne Cups. Oh, it's a it's a it's a bit of a it's a bit of a running uh, inside joke between us that whenever one of us has a good day, we ask for a statue. And he was asking for a statue uh, in the group chat after about race four. So I just thought I'd put Jeez, it on early. Him. He's gone early. As as a bit of a joke. And then it got a did, um, 
Did he continue on with the four after race four? Yeah, he he he, he tipped six of the eight, which was mm. a fair effort. Yeah, I feel and sorry my, for Ascari a bit because um, and, I think it's my, one of the great myths of racing that he that you know they carry on about that. Um, who's that bloke that's not sure what he does, but he seems to have a job. The bloke with the hair. What's his fella's name? You know the bloke I'm talking about. The bloke <laughs> with the hair. He's famous for hair. He now works with Anthony. Oh, Ray Antone. Thomas. And Nick Quinn. Nick Quinn. Oh. Yeah, yeah, Ascari's got better hair than Nick Quinn. <laughs> Ascari's got better hair than Nick Quinn. And he barracks a Melbourne Ascari too. So I don't mind I don't mind Jackson flirting with him a little bit because I think Ascari's <laughs> a good man. But I just wanted to put it on record that, you know, I felt that he was sort of like there's a little line there of, you know, cheating oh. and flirting. I thought Jackson was maybe not cheating but definitely flirting, I thought, outside of the Dutch rudder bubble here. I've got a, a tenuous connection with Ascari. I played <laughs> tennis with a guy called Nathan, whose ex, whose sister was went out with him for a long time. Christ, anyway, that's like everyone's related to um, everyone related to each other. Six yeah, degrees of separation. Incredible bacon. Incredible stuff. Yeah. Sorry, Jackson. I just had to bring that up. Straighten us up. Yeah, like I was going to say, that's the answer to your first question, Kills. Who are you going to pick in the Everest? So I think the answer <laughs> is we're picking Mask Crusader potentially, and that's about it. Um, overpass, weren't we? Overpass. Overpass has been chosen as a male. Yeah. Rothfire's uh, not yeah. going. Yeah. Doesn't leave a lot. There's no three-year-old that Scurry likes. Yeah. Um, yeah. No one. Oh, God. Extremely Honestly, lucky. we're going to have to... Extremely lucky. That that's the one. But I, I think you know the chances are it will be a wet track in Sydney going the other way. That's unexposed. He looks a complete and utter certainty for one of the other slot races, though. Curls the Quokka that is going to be held in April in WA. It's only two weeks after the TJ, and I could just imagine PVL increasing the TJ prize money to equal the Quokka. It's only an extra one and a half million. You can just probably crack open the safe behind the painting of. Uh, I don't know. Who himself. Would, yeah, himself in his office. <laughs> <laughs> Take out the cash and just drop it on the table. It's all of a sudden, there goes your slot race. Um, staggering oh. staggering news for, for, for me. Look, I don't know about you, Curls, but the concept of a slot race, it feels like it's there's more machinations going on in the background than I think it's you can just put out there into the public space. Um, and in terms of trying to encourage local business to invest in racing, especially for X amount of hundreds of thousands of dollars, I'm not as sure that WA has the same uh, synergy between business and racing as what you get here in Melbourne or certainly in Sydney. Yeah, it's an interesting one. There's another slot race that no one knows is happening uh, in Queensland on New Year's Eve. Similar situation. It's called the King of the Hill. <laughs> King of the Mountain. I've never heard of this. King of the Mountain, it's a Toowoomba slot race. It's a Toowoomba slot race, which is which is well, it's probably the opposite to the WA scenario where it's a very strong thoroughbred racing industry uh, in on the Darling Downs, lots of studs and a lot of farms and stuff like that. It's um, very popular racing in Queensland up here. Um, uniqueness of this event is that it's ridiculous. It's for Queensland-based trainers, for Queensland-bred horses, and Queensland-based jockeys only, so satellite stables are excluded, so no Waller, Annabelle, Nisham, you know, Lees or whoever's got a stable down south. So 
uh, it's basically a $750,000 gift to uh, a locally based trainer, jockey and horse. And there's not that many cutest bred horses that are good enough. So it takes away the appeal of what the slot races should be there for is to get the best of the best to compete. Um, you know, you could have had a situation where you could have had like Waller, J-Mac, all of them at Toowoomba. Um, and now we're going to have people that you've never heard of and you won't even know the races on. It sounds borderline xenophobic and right wing. Well, that's the joy yeah. of the slot race, isn't it? The rich yeah, slot races are dead anyway, but they're irrelevant now. Well, I, I really feel that is probably one of the points we're getting to. Uh, I'm not even sure the WA race will work because who's going to back a horse out of the TJ or back it up out of the TJ two weeks later to travel across the country and land in Perth and have a run around there? That, the timing of that race is just absolutely staggering. Um, yeah. You're basically going to be looking at Melbourne-based sprinters who – want to go the same way of running or want a firm track, um, it just Street doesn't really seem right. Streets of other yes. whitehead across. Well, yes. You know. <laughs> it, it went to Rocky Baller. for the slot race and yeah, got smashed the day before. I, I'll represent <laughs> that was, Baller. That was the joke. Yeah. Anyway. yeah. Oh, that was a joke. Sorry. I don't know. The way Baller's going, Rob, you may as well come across. Quokka. Um, the Quokka. Yeah. Oh, uh, look at it. There's only one. We've only got one hope left for racing, and that's the modern at the modern partner Matt Welsh um, moving the GM of racing, and hopefully pulling it together so we can have a national calendar, Peter. Because it used to be once upon a time we used to follow horses like like athletes, you know, around a circuit. Now it's just a more a circus than a circuit. Yeah, completely. Anyway, right. won't worry us. We'll bet on what we'll bet on anything. Um, yeah, someone. Uh, a company called Speed Racing Proprietary Limited, I think they're called, applied, uh, made an application to Racing Queensland uh, during the week for basically quarter horse racing to be introduced. Uh, so betting on horses that races over 400 metres, which Absolutely. I can only hope goes ahead and they do it from like 10 a.m. till 12 p.m. three days a week. That'll be something else to bet on. I hope they do it eight days a week, 12 hours a day, and I will completely <laughs> fill. <laughs> oh, um, it's all happening. It's all happening off the track, isn't it? Um, is there anything happening on the track on Saturday? What happens? Uh, well, well, nothing happened in Sydney. Na- yeah. Nature Strip was a moral for the Everest. And the only other horse that I liked out of Sydney, I thought was big and a big, a nice platform to go forward. He's top ranked. was the only other horse that, um, yeah. that I liked out of the meeting. Yeah, We're still I, talking I can about agree with that. Um, on the track, I'm not sure. Look, uh, the George Mayan was a feature, but what did we learn out of this? Because Zaki was scratched and they went again, very slow tempo, 6.6 lengths slow for the class to the 600. Um, Animo did enough. He held off Ice Bath and, and hinged around okay into third. And, you know, it was a soft seven and Profondo is probably looking for a drier track. I don't know. You just get nothing out of these races. And again, no, it's a nothing again. You're right. What sort of platform is this? So obviously Animo first up recorded really good splits going through the line, but at some point you need some sort of conditioning run. If you're being aimed at the Cox plate, because he's just getting all these sprint races and we're not going to know where he's at when he has to come up against Zaki. Finally, Uh, we were hoping for it to happen on the weekend. I, I reckon the way, Looking at the the pure numbers here, I think if Zaki was in the race, Zaki would have beaten him. Very yeah. hard to know. Like he was very soft on it, J Mac. Yeah, he was very yeah. soft on it. 
And like it supports the argument that you opened with, Peter, is that what sort of platform is this horse having here? Like, well, and he's pulled up with issues as well. Yeah, yeah. The suits a narrative. We're never going to get to see any sort of decent horses race against each other. It's just going to no, be. No, but it's so easy to like, you know, if Animo's the best horse in Australia, which we were all saying he was two weeks ago, and then he was unflattering on a shit surface full of feel and soft seven and, um, you know, J-Mac being very soft on him. Right? Can, he sit, can he sit outside? If Zaki leads and Animo sits outside him, 2,000 metres, good track, Flemington, who wins? Adamo will kick his head in, surely. I think, I think Adamo's really improved from three to four. Um, if you got the, uh, the, the text from me, mm. I was using blossoming, mm. bossing. Yes. Um, he, he, even, he, he did one pig really kick, he kicked the uh, protect, protective rail, but um, mm. he was borderline like sharp, that. and he's, um, he's really, really going really well. I know it's a slow run race, um, but I just expect him to improve with with this run. Um, Dewey should improve as well. Getting up in distance, you know, that's that's not a bad, you know, that's about our best sort of homegrown weight for age 2,000 metre plus or so, I'd say. Okay. So Animo is still the number one seed. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's the second best horse in Australia outside Nature Strip, but, you know, sprint racing. That's where we pride ourselves on in Australia, sprint racing, and we've got the best sprinter. Yeah, and we can't even fill an Everest. We pride ourselves on sprint racing. We haven't even got 10 good sprinters. Well, well, well maybe it comes back, you know. Uh, he's old, you know. Both of them, Eduardo and Nature Strip, they're eight or nine. Once they, you know, can they keep racing next for next year's Everest as well? Probably. Like, like the, um, Chris Mayne or not? Is it, who's who's the that Fremantle guy who's just retired? David Mundy. David Mundy. Couple of David, you know, classic, or Chris Langford, if you want to go back a few, years, <laughs> a few more years. With a fifteen million dollar Everest, um, I'm sure that um, Nature Strip will be turning up for the next two years. Well, I think especially when you just keep looking at yes, these yeah. three year olds as well. I mean, like we had another three year old Phillies race, the T Rose had the T Rose there on Saturday, fast tempo race, and the overall figure is just plain as anything. Uh, Robbie was won by Zugotcha holding off Matt and Pomery, the stable mates. Mm. Uh, talk, talk to me about some of the three year old fillies. Uh, they're not much good at no, all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I will, and I, I kind of, you know, puck it up there over the 250 because I had a decent bet. You know, the form everyone said, mm. you know, she's in secret or whatever is going to win next Saturday and it probably will with the weather we get, we were looking like getting in Sydney. So, you know, form was a bit like there's an earlier race in, in the day where I, I think it was the um, the highway where on form the thing looked immoral. And, um, yeah, Madame Pomery for me on a firmer surface, she's, she's, she's a horse I haven't had a good relationship with. I think I backed her on a first start and she did nothing and then she's come out next prep and won first start at a big price and I said, oh, no, it's no good. Um, but, yes, I think she, she's uh, every chance to beat Zagotcha on a – Fair deck, but you know, probably every chance to get a soft track. Okay, um, it's just some other quick points of interest there from Saturday at Randwick. Uh, night sort of led up the Kingston Town Stakes, very fast tempo, five point eight lengths faster, six hundred for the class, and I thought it was really good uh, going through the line, run over by Allegron and Benno, but uh, they were entitled to finish off given how quickly that Night sort of went there with um, Tim Clark on board. I think he. Probably just went a little bit too quick. Is the general consensus? Yeah, he's he, he's flying best I've seen him. We backed him first up. We backed him again here. I thought he, he ran re- really well. Um, it was a bit of a swoopers track. 
uh, on Saturday, I think. Um, and so the other two were suited with the way the races won. And um, yeah, he, he'll, you know, there's, there's the thing up in um, that one at Newcastle for, for Uncle yep. uh, in the blue colours. Um, there's that and there's Night Slaughter. And I guess, however, the track's playing on that day, um, one of those two will probably win the Metrop in two hey. weeks. Kels alluded to the performance of top rank there, resuming off a spell, very fast tempo race once more and uh, managed to pick up and go through the line. Good overall figure, Kels. Oh, you're on mute. I think there's a bit of a barbecue thorn here. Didn't, didn't um, want to... Sorry, Kels. I remember tweeting about this horse off the trials last prep and then... Um, you know, you know the Sydney trials where you know Sky Channel. Everyone tweets how good something come. They tweet the obvious stuff. They don't look behind them. And thought top rate was uh, really good. And then it ran. That was one point seven lengths behind Very Elegant. And either got injured that day or after, from memory, or had an issue. It, it ran at Newcastle pretty well as well. Um, it was yeah. Wide gate got beat one point seven, and then had two hundred days off. Obviously, trialed up for this. Like you said, good temp. Like you know, it was a pretty strong tempo. Um, and still, I thought it was very strong through the line, um, particularly strong through the line. Uh, probably okay. a group one. There's a lot of group one miles this time of year, and yeah. there'll be one for this horse. I think it's a group one horse off that figure. Oh. I think it can. I can think it can figure in a group one mile somewhere. Epsom. Um, it'll take on you know uh, that old nemesis of mine. Pete helped me out here in the orange colours for Gerald Ryan um, that ran last week. Um, but, yeah, top ranks is a good style of horse. He's a good type. He's a great – it's hard to see exactly how fit he is with the grace. But, um, yeah, he, he – he, uh, I thought it was a great ride from Chewy as well, who was a bit stiff to get rubbed out for uh, lost in running. We saw that. Yeah. yeah, I suppose when you got prize, he's, it's not the first time he's been rubbed out for that. So I think you are talking about Ellsberg, Rob. Uh, I am talking about Ellsberg. Okay. That, that, you know, that'll, that'll go down. That'll go down in weight. Well, you know, you'll, you'll have to give Ellsberg a few kilos, and you know, Ellsberg's on pace, and he, he, he comes from the back. Oh, well, depends on what track, you know. Yeah. Depends on what pattern they decide to toss up for the day. <laughs> exactly. Okay, that's Randwick in a nutshell. Um, at least the track was consistent because Caulfield. I don't know how much rain it copped there after race three, but just looking at the raw times, race three, race four were both over 1,400 metres, as was race five. Um, but the time of race three was 84.88 seconds. They're on punning form. The time of race four was 87.84 seconds. So it's effectively three seconds slower um, was the sheer amount of rain that fell between the two races. Jackson, what was it like on course? Well, it was only a... It was only a uh, heavy eight, according to stewards, which was which was good. Mm. Um, even though we had to wait half an hour because of the amount of water on the track, so I don't. Does that make a lot of sense to it to anybody else, or is that just me? That how is it a heavy eight when we have to wait for the water to soak into the track? Well, I mean, Pride of Jenny again, like the the Group One feature, the Rupert Clark Stakes, that was eighty seven point one two, and that's still you know two and a half seconds slower than Pride of Jenny, which won race three. So, yeah, it um, it it was fucked out there. <laughs> to be honest, I was, uh, I was I was trying to bet in run in the aft cabin race, and dead set could not see them. 
I, I was like, I've, blue, I think, is travelling. So I just hit it and hoped. Um, I also couldn't really see the yard either, which was a bit of a setback. It, uh, it's, it's been a very trying mm. weekend, to be honest, with everybody. Mate, I wouldn't be too upset that you couldn't see Half Cabin because its rivals couldn't see it either. <laughs> yes. Yeah, true, true. Um, where do you start with the review of this meeting? There was obviously oh, yeah. huge amounts of scratchings throughout. The track was just – it was doing its best to try and hold up, but yeah. in the end, as the day went on, you, you really wanted to be settling wider on the track and – Finishing yeah. in those wider lanes. As as a review meeting, you kind of got to try and group some races races together. So like yeah. races one and three, you can kind of group together. Race two out of the shoot is its own little island, and then races four to probably the Rupert Clark you can put together, and then the last two out of the shoot as well. Um, it's it's made it's made for a very tricky review and a meeting where unless we get another wet track which I don't know how likely that looks in a fortnight or three weeks' time, like a lot of this form is going to become pretty irrelevant outside of the um, the preludes, which are just going to – you're going to have to treat with a lot of caution. Yeah, it really just becomes an outlier, doesn't it? You can take yeah. into consideration to a certain extent the starting price, but if you like any horse going into this meeting, you can – Go again next time. I mean, look, the, the Rupert Clark in itself, you've got call sign Mav winning and, you know, full credit to one Jay Dickens who found the horse on Thursday in completely different circumstances to what it ended up being on the day. But nonetheless, he did find that the soundbite is there for history now. But I Am Superman's run second after settling back in the field and I Am Superman is a horse that has consistently underperformed and done nothing and here he's turning up on some bottomless track and in his last Australian run before going back to Ireland and has performed out of his skin um I thought Tuvalu was good on pace first up on a bottomless track but yeah outside of that you're looking at horses and just saying well if you didn't handle the track you'd be pretty much within your rights to just say complete pen yeah 100 I, I would have say um I wish I win I <laughs> we didn't hear his first group one uh, <laughs> Good to see. Uh, I must have missed him. He was that far in front of him. Oh, anyway, yeah, two, uh, Tuvalu, like resuming group one heavy track, I thought was really, really good. And oh, what, what do you do with the race? I, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I just ignore it. I think it's yeah. probably the only way you can describe it. At, you know, as I said, doing form on a Thursday for this race. Yeah. And then having, do you then readjust on the day and say, right, I'm going to almost start again with the speed map and which horses are going to handle this heavy condition? And it's just easy just to pull the pin. Yeah. No, I don't amount of time. Tend to agree with that. Um, if there's any, um, if there's any trainer out there that's not going really well and, and <laughs> needs a lift, just get us to pot you. Yeah. And um, you'll train a group one winner, uh, a la D O'Brien on Saturday. Mind you, he, he ran first and second and second last and last in the race. So well, he, it was polarizing. He had three horses in the race and they were beaten a combined 23 lengths, but he did get the win. <laughs> so that's too strong. <laughs> too strong Danny O. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Can we quickly talk about race eight, the how now stakes. Obviously, you had Chain of Lightning get backed into about a dollar sixty and they've gone atrociously slow up front, very slow tempo race in a bizarre watch in that nobody actually wanted to try and lead this event. And so Zapateo with Ali on board just trucked himself in. And yeah. the, the splits here for the last four and last two are farcical. 
Yeah, 100%. There, was, there were eight abreast coming around the turn, and Jamie Carr just thought she'd just wait, wait, wait until, I don't know, the 150. And <laughs> and, and she kind of came home with with the rest of them, but was just lacking a turn of foot. Like, um, a good win last start and and the start prior were off off good tempos where she's allowed to build into the race and 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 have a turn of foot and this was just a completely different race shape and um I, I thought disappointing straight after the race but looking at the numbers there are excuses there for sure yeah if we talk about the guineas prelude as well for the for the boys aft cabin as you were talking about couldn't see him in the run um look consistent figure once again is basically his last three starts have all been about the same number and for the most part that's just better than what we're seeing from a lot of the other boys anyway. Yeah, a hundred percent of the market kind of told you that last start when he was um, 1400 back to 1200 with a tricky map and, and the big players just didn't care was truck loaded late back to 1400 meters. It seemed like it seemed like the right race. Um, the fact I couldn't, it was a heavy 12 and I couldn't really see him in the yard. I was just happy to let the race go, but in hindsight it was probably a bet amenables come home well i don't know how well the, this form on this heavy track is going to translate to in a couple of weeks time or what to take out of the race but i thought those were probably the two yep. especially after cabin obviously completely pissed in um and then in the for the phillies um the thousand guineas prelude look boogie dance i was really shitty at myself i had this on the bench so to speak for the captain's picks and i um the that i thought oh look it's probably going to be suited you know there'll be a bit of rain around it'll be getting into the best part of the track and all that sort of thing. And then as soon as it was downgraded to a heavy, I thought, no, this is going to be, it's going to be a bet, but um, I didn't expect it to necessarily gap the field like it did, but it clearly appreciates a heavy track, this horse. Yeah, a hundred percent. And as you mentioned, got into those wide lanes, got a race, race shape that was ideal. The New Zealand horse was wide working out yeah. of that, um, up the hill, three wide on speed. And I thought did a good job to battle on, although probably cooked it now, but yeah. Um, Boogie Dancer just got all favours. That's yeah. as good as it can go. Yeah, I'm pretty wary of a lot of these three-year-old races in, in Victoria. I mean, we've, we've talked about the, the three-year-olds not being any good in Sydney. Well, certainly they're putting the figures on the board more so in Melbourne than what they are in Sydney. But uh, these two races of form lines going towards the Caulfield Guineas, you have to just treat it a little bit warily, I would say. Yeah, for sure. Um, was there anything else that stood out there on the card at Caulfield? Well, I made Uncle Brim the horse to follow from a couple of weeks ago, and the horse is absolutely flying, just crying out for a dry track and it'll win next start. Um, Gold Trip, any any thoughts from you guys? Re Gold Trip? I mean, slow slow tempo, is that a negative? Well, I, we don't actually really know, I think, anything more of this horse, do we? Uh, no, yeah. Maybe... A, uh, 1,500 metres sort of didn't do much into the last 400, up to 2,000, just peaked late. Maybe maybe next start at 2,000, you can you can have another crack. But yeah, coming off a letter. Loom, you know, loom like it was just going to go straight past him on the turn. Yeah, and then just I think it was probably more condition late that gave yeah. out. Um, but it has improved first figure in Australia to second figure here by 4.8 lengths. So... I think that's just a good indication that obviously the horse has improved, but whether or not it's going to be able to find a ceiling to match some of the better weight for age horses in Australia, I think that's a that's very much up in the air. Yeah, well, if they go to a Turnbull, like it just gets obviously just gets 
tougher from here to win races. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I was a little bit disappointed. I'm trying to work out what weight scale or where he could fit. Like, is he a weight for age horse? I mean, he gave those horses some weight, I think, um, on the weekend. But, you know, he's he brings the A-grade European form, I suppose, with a fourth in the arc. But he sort of seemed a bit of a companion horse in a few of those races where he loomed a win and just moseyed it along and just galloped along outside them and never really went past them. Yeah. He was – I on face value um, – he can't like if he's not running past them, he's not winning a Cox Plate. He's not running past Animo and Zaki at their best. Off that, it's just got but, a tricky position in run, doesn't he? Because he's either going to be like giving a horse like Zaki a head start and then having to get over the top of him, or he's going to be running along with Animo late and is he out sprinting him, so to speak? It's just mm, it's tricky. Yeah, I oh, know he's in the right camp, isn't it? Like. They can improve it third up, you know, sort of second up off a little bit of time between runs and whatever else. I don't know. It's... But at the same time, like how, like how would you know? Yeah. You know, like it's the, well, it was there to win in run. Yeah. How many links can it find? I don't know. Uh, Jury's out. Yeah. Another horse you can probably, probably one of the only horses you can take forward <laughs> Curran in the last was was probably the only horse in lanes one to three to make any ground on the day. Um, that horse is absolutely flying, just needs to find a race. I actually had one question about a horse to follow here because um, yep. I thought it was a, um, uh, a ride that sort of lacked any, um, any intent at all. Like I know it's a bat marker, Luna Flair, coming through that Smoke and Romans race. Like I understand it's a bat marker, but... MD was just not prepared to put it into the race at all. He was waiting for something else to take him into it, and he's last, 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 and then made good ground late. It looked a run to me to say that he could win same grade, 2,400, 2,500 sort of. Simon, did you see that audit? Completely agree. Uh, was huge behind Tuvalu first up, uh, and then was really good again, two starts back at Caulfield. The, the horse is flying. My only concern is... I'm worried if they're going to aim a bit too high uh, in terms of us being able to have a bet next start. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like in this same grade, hundred percent, hundred percent. But whether they go a little bit higher, I'm I'm not sure what the plan is. Okay, that's Caulfield Curls. I'll go up to Queensland uh, just for a moment. Just looking on the the overall data here on punning form, you've got one, two, three, four, five of nine races with very fast tempo. Can we get some Queensland jocks down to Sydney? Um, yeah, you can have them. <laughs> <laughs> no risk. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't really want to. Cover too much about Saturday, Peter. Um, what did a review last night? Um, 19 units, uh, I should have won on Saturday. Uh, and I'm not saying bad rides cost me, I'm saying world class fucking slaughters <laughs> cost me 19 units, like proper world class slaughters. Um, um, does one stand out in particular, or do, do they all have their? world-class element to go along with them. <laughs> well, you know, like you just, ex- you have different levels of jockey, so you have different level of expectation. So if you're backing a, a horse in 
the Metro with a Metro jockey on and the map clearly says you're a 1,350-metre race on a heavy track and you and you can get a mile and you map forward. So you're pushing forward and you're sitting OSL and you're winning, right? Yeah. Um, I'm talking about Hasbro here. Um, this race that Stardome won of Walla, who anyone that had my set on Saturday would have seen that I clearly articulated my opinion on that stable in multiple notifications that were sent. Um <laughs> Now, Stardome won that race and it lobbed where Hasbro should have been, but rather than push forward, Hasbro decided to sit three wide and then tried to restrain it back to midfield and then caught three wide and then decided to get going on at the last 150. And, um, it, it, you know, it should, it should have won, right? There's no, I don't care. That's how it is. Anyway. So that's cost me a winning day. And then the one at Gatton was best. But, you know, you're talking about Gatton here. There was one at Dolby. So your level of expectations for those rides are low anyway. Um, but Dad's lad was a proper slaughter if um, if anyone wants to have a look. But um, anyway, uh, what are we taking out of this? This is a wet truck at the Gold Coast, which is um, on a humid day on a wet surface. It's like claggy sort of wet, so it's not like your traditional wet weather Gold Coast in the winter, coming down the middle of the track, you know, running on from the back. It's claggy, settle as close as you can, you know, whoever handles it best wins. On-speed horses um, look like they these, the data will say it goes fast because we don't have that many metropolitan meetings at the track. Um, so they will be fast, like what will come up as fast run races. Um and the ones where you're seeing very fast run races and fast run races, like these horses were still winning. Mr. Vine M, Zuma, California, just the way the track played, it was suited. They were on speed and able to keep going. Um, so tricky day to um, tricky day to follow off the data based on being a, a Gold Coast track on a Metropolitan Saturday. So um, I won't be putting too much emphasis on that. It'll be more believe you're right on some of those runs from Saturday there. Um, but it doesn't matter anyway, Peter, because most of these horses are just numbers anyway. So it's that time of year in Queensland. Um, far too easy. We'll go on to uh, Kosciuszko or something probably out of this meeting. Um, um, indiscreetly, we'll do something better. That's about it. The rest couldn't care. How well will we oh, Hang on. I, don't, I actually lied. I totally lied. Yeah. Plundering. Is the horse to follow, winner of race one. I think yeah. it was a proper win for a horse having its second start. Broke the class benchmark there on punning form as well. Um, I was just going to say, we've done incredibly well today. We've mentioned every single slot race around the country and now the Kosciuszko. So, uh, well done, full, well done yeah, full credit to yeah. us, the checks in the mail. Um, the week ahead, plenty of good racing coming up. Well, I say good. Uh, plenty of narrative racing coming up this week. Rob, you've got Canterbury on Wednesday and then Rose Hill Saturday for the Golden Rose meeting. Yep. Uh, wet, I think. Um, Canterbury could be uh, in trouble. It might be one of those meetings where we get three races and they call them off. bit more rain Thursday, Friday, up to 60 mils Saturday. So uh, I'd be saying uh, heavy for Golden Rose Day. Okay, maybe they can uh, – well, there's also Rose Hill penciled in for next Wednesday, so I can't wait to see how that eventuates. Um, Jackson, for yourself, good, good oh, week. Would you like me to talk you through the week in depth, Pistol? Because Yes. Uh, 
Heavy 10 Horsham tomorrow. Heavy 10 Bendigo Wednesday will be abandoned. 8 to 15 mil on the day up at Bendigo. Just hope they abandon before I start my two and a half hour drive out there. Yep. Heavy 10 Moe Thursday with an, with an added Pakenham Poly track meeting at night. Uh, Friday, Benalla Cup, Coleraine Cup and Group 1 Racing at the Valley of the Moya. Uh, Mount Yard Mail, the Valley Friday. Mornington, Mornington on Grand Final Day Saturday with your RM Set Classic. Uh, no Mount Yard Mail for Mornington. I'll be watching the footy. And then Ladbrokes Park Hillside Sunday, Underwood with Zaki versus I'm Thunderstruck versus Mr. Brightside. It's the meeting of the weekend. Mount Yard Mail out there on Sunday. Beautiful. And uh, you can either get the full set of the grouse or you can buy little 24-hour passes if you want to do things that way. Um, Curls, what's your week looking like? Um, <clears throat> yep. Uh, Wednesday is Doombin. Baggy Bet Park Doombin. Um, so, so I just I say that because AP and Bendy goes on the same day. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, Friday night, uh, to come inside with the Valley meeting, there is a meeting at the Sunny Coast. So I, will, I won't be doing race by race from the Sunny Coast, but if there's bets, we'll send them to coincide with Jackson in the Manning Yard. Um, Saturday is the Toowoomba Cup Wheatwood Handicap Day. Now, thankfully, the AFL Grand Final this year is back to the 2.30 slot, so I won't have to sit through and watch Geelong win a premiership. I'll be at Toowoomba, race by race, on the biggest meeting. That's the Saturday Metropolitan meeting at Toowoomba. Um, and, I'll, you know, there is a Gold Coast meeting on as well, which will be just, you know, we'll have a bet if one pops up. But certainly the focus will be on Toowoomba on Saturday. Um and then Sunshine Coast Sunday is a bit of a set and forget day uh, alongside Jackson. So, um, yeah, Saturday's a big day. So I'll be, I don't know what I'll be doing there, Toowoomba Cup Day. I'm not excited about it. Um, but I'll just be there betting like usual. <laughs> Sounds good. That's to about me. all I can say. Meanwhile, in the West, it's the last week of Belmont racing. My goodness, racing there. Saturday, there's Northern Sunday. You've then got the 2J meeting at Belmont on Monday, public holiday there in the West. And then next week, it's a Kalgoorlie round. Very exciting. Uh, Hannon's Handicap, Kalgoorlie Cup. I'll be there on course delivering live and dangerous mounting yard mail. Um, And if I survive, then we are back into Ascot the following week. Guys, thank you as always. We'll catch up next week. Thank you, Pistol. feel like we covered a lot. Yeah, um, it's going to be fun going back through and having the time code. This, uh, if anyone's lasted this long, you've done well, but not as well as us.